Thank you for tuning in to the Red Clinic Podcast. My name is Dr. Shwalin. I'm a licensed psychologist and expert in the treatment of eating disorders. We're going to do what we do best, where we provide eating disorder education and focus on relapse prevention and recovery. Today, I have a very special guest with me. Her name is Gabriella Bruno. She's one of our Red Clinic clinical therapists. She's a licensed master social worker, and we are super excited that she's here because today we're going to talk about what it means to be empowered in outpatient eating disorder treatment and recovery. So thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I'm really excited that you're here too. Let's talk about therapy because sometimes when family members and clients are first diagnosed with an eating disorder, they may have never received any kind of counseling or therapy services before. And so going in to see a psychologist or a therapist can be super scary. Um, And my hope for bringing you on today was to just give our audience an opportunity to just hear about how it's not as scary as it might seem. So what kinds of things do you like to do with clients? A hundred percent. So coming in for therapy just off the bat is super scary, super intimidating. Everybody comes in with preconceived notions and the one thing to know is that you're doing the most important thing for you and the best thing for you and the empowerment starts there so I automatically recognize all of my clients strength as soon as they walk into my door I tell them as soon as they sit down like the fact that you are in my office is the most amazing thing that I have ever seen and I'm extremely proud of you for being here and that doesn't matter if you're coming to my office completely reluctantly you could curse me out you could tell me that you don't want to be here all that stuff (laughs) I'm more than happy to have you do that because that means that you're recognizing the first step. The first step is recognizing that you're worth the fight. All right. And so you're not just saying that because you're my therapist and like it's your job and like someone pays you to say that to me. No, no. Um, I'm from New York, so I'm extremely (laughs) blunt and straightforward. Um, I don't do sugar coating. I was a professional baker before that, so I already got paid for it. So I don't need that anymore. (laughs) All right. She's funny, too. So um, I'm glad you said that because I feel the exact same way. I mean, I think when we're in this profession, we, we kind of become, I mean, we're in the profession, I think, in the first place because we're just naturally in awe of human nature. It's so interesting to us and and we love like the transformation that people can achieve. Yep. Um, it's what keeps us coming to work every day. It's like the reason why we do what we do. And so I tell the clients the same thing, you know, when just by walking through the door, you know, recognizing that you need help, you can ask for help. That is so inspirational, mm-hmm. right? It's such a strength to admit when you have a need. because so often, especially in the world of eating disorders, it's constantly minimizing, constantly negating that you need anything. And the fact that you're coming in for help, and especially at an outpatient level. So at the outpatient level, like you've had some sort of insight development. You've done some work that you know that you deserve it. You deserve life. You deserve nourishment and you deserve recovery. And I'm just along to watch I'm, I'm here for the ride, and I'm just here for kind of like a SOS button. Okay, say more about that. What do you mean? So my perspective is when you're at an outpatient level that you're ready, you're ready for the next step of independence. So you've already worked down several levels to gain that independence to be able to come into the office once or twice a week depending on your needs. So you're, you're already at a level of accountability, a level of self-insight, and a level of doing your work on your own. 
that's growth. That's extreme growth. So you only need me kind of like for validation and you need me to help you further process certain things and come to understandings and conclusions. I'm here to help you understand and conceptualize what you're capable of, not your potential. Okay. And I love that you said that because, you know, there are things that set a client apart in terms of what appropriate level of care is for them. And outpatient really is that. Mm -hmm. By the time someone is outpatient, you know, the assumption is that they've done other work to lay a foundation. They're nutritionally where they need to be um, or closer to where they need to be, right. right? I mean, there's always work to be done. And um, and they truly have more of a connection with their authentic self, right? Yeah. And that's your term. You always like to say that. Yes, I'm big on authenticity. So there's a huge var like variant between your eating disorder, your ed, right, or and your authenticity and what I work with my clients to do is to get them more in tune and connected to their authentic self because that's where the disconnect comes right the disconnect comes from I need to do what my eating disorder is telling me I need to do this I need to do that because of society because of this that's not what you really want that's not that's not what you're working towards so being on the outpatient level like we're able to really tune into who you are authentically and really get to the nitty gritty of being your best self. And being your best self doesn't mean being perfect. Right. And and part of being your best self also, and, you know, we were kind of talking before we um, started the podcast today about uh, that inner voice, that, that part of you that really does believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. There is, you know, most people have that where, where yeah. they do think positively about themselves but they come up, especially when there's an eating disorder, they come up against another voice, right? right? That challenges that constantly. Yeah. So we have our authentic voice, right? That authentic self. And we have everything that we've experienced in life comes in tune and it could come in the form of an eating disorder. It could come in the form of doubt and, you know, 900 million other things. But what we tend to do in everyday life is minimize those good affirmations that we have about each other because we get stuck in this complaining game and this, you know, everything is wrong. So whenever I hear a client and they're going on and on about everything that is wrong in their life, and then they just like to subtly throw in, like, I think I'm an amazing person. I'm destined for greatness. I'm like, what? And then they're like, oh, but, you know, today's horrible. And, blah, blah, blah. and they go on this whole rant. I'm like, hold on, pause, rewind. Like, you just said the most amazing thing and you just completely went over it. So what I do with my clients, because, you know, we're working on accountability. So one, you're accountable for what you're saying and you worked hard to get here. So let's keep it real. Like you're doing great. Like you were just able to say something so positive about yourself. Like, let's really sit with that. And I work with them so that they could confidently and like actually believe it with their heart and soul that they really are destined for greatness. They really are an amazing person because nothing else would say otherwise. Okay. And, and so that like really sit with that, you know, so in a therapy session, if you were to come in, you start talking and you might drop like a little nugget of positivity mm -hmm. or some kind of affirmation as a therapist, you're going to do what you can to help them just kind of pause and like Absolutely. marinate on that. Mm -hmm. Right. Because bulldozing over it is so much of a tendency, especially with eating disorder clients to well, yeah, you know, I, I am really good at art, but I could never make money off of it or no one would ever really want to buy it. 
And so that self-doubt is like automatically just cancels out that really positive statement about recognizing this strength that you have. Yeah, and it also creates distance between your authenticity. It makes that voice lower and lower and lower and it becomes a whisper. And it makes the Ed voice or whatever other voices come up and it makes that one louder. Okay. So the more we're able to tune in and pause and focus on our authentic voice, the more we're going to stay with it. The more it's going to feel powerful and the more it will become stronger and louder. And that Ed voice is going to, you know, be squashed like a cockroach. <laughs> okay, so so I, the question that comes up for me then, and this comes up a lot with clients, and so I want to put this out there to help normalize this is, well, if I start focusing on my strengths and I say them out loud, doesn't that make me sound ignorant or arrogant or like someone that you don't want to really be around? I mean, I'm a people pleaser, you know? Most people with eating disorders really do struggle with that. Oh, so. the people pleasing is huge mm -hmm. among eating disorders. So the one thing to keep in mind is, one, humble, right? Because if you were this, you know, overbearingly confident person or cocky person or arrogant, however you want to phrase it, right? Then you wouldn't have developed an eating disorder. Let's keep it real, right? Because you have an eating disorder because you have so much self-doubt. So the fact that you're able to actually get to a point to start saying positive things about yourself and owning it and believing it, that's not cocky. That's not overbearing. That's not anything negative. That's humble. That's you fought to be that person. Embrace that person. Be unapologetic. You lived your whole life trying to change your body, manipulate your body to fit society's expectations. Let society fit you. Okay, that's really cool. So, you know, for clients who are very used to listening to the eating disorder voice and and having really, you know, just self-doubt, low self-esteem, and not really putting themselves first in a way that would be more authentic, even even one positive affirmation can feel like they're being arrogant mm -hmm. because it's so opposite of what they're used to doing that it feels so uncomfortable. It feels extreme. Yeah. I think also like giving it that space, right? Giving it that awareness of I've let all of these negative self perceptions about myself feel almost comforting, right? Feel normal that now these positive things about me that I'm starting to own because you're just starting to own them. You're, they're not fully ingrained yet. They're not fully rooted. So you're just starting to embrace them. Like, yeah, it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel foreign and giving it that space because initially that eating disorder voice felt foreign too, and you just allowed it to get comfortable. Mm -hmm. So giving yourself that space to get comfortable with these new positive things and also using it as a boundary, as an expectation and not allowing anything below that standard take any space in your life. Okay. And so I guess if it takes a lot of practice, you know, to, to get good at an eating disorder, it's going to take practice to get good at your authentic self. Oh, a hundred percent. I love when clients are like, coping skills don't work for me. <laughs> right. And I'm like, okay, well, what coping skills have you tried? Right. And they go down the list and I'm like, okay, so you tried this X amount of times, right. And we'll do this for literally for however long they've tried these coping skills. And I'm like, okay, well, how long have you been in your addiction? How long have you been doing these negative behaviors? And to do that comparison, right? It's like, oh, so the coping skill that I'm, you know, relying on the most, I've only tried like four times. Mm -hmm. I've only used 40% of the time, but I've used my eating disorder 99.9% .9 of the time. Like, mm -hmm. let's 
let's use our you know lo- legit logical mind mm-hmm. and rational mind at this moment to understand that it's going to take more practice it's going to take more to ingrain and rely and for these things to work so that the eating disorder becomes minimal mm-hmm. yeah and i mean it's it's really important to help clients stay the course to mm-hmm. not get discouraged to feel empowered 100% and to also i think give themselves grace yeah right because another part of an eating disorder is um this this habit, this pattern of wanting to fulfill expectations all the time. And sometimes not even want to let you down as a therapist. I mean, I've had Mm -hmm. clients come in and maybe tell me what they think I want to hear because they're afraid of giving honest feedback. So what do you do in those situations? So I actually start majority of my sessions with, I give you full permission. Um, I give you full permission to freely and openly express yourself, whether that means cursing, whether that means crying, screaming, punching a pillow, throwing yourself on the floor and having a full tantrum. I give yourself, I give you full permission because I don't want my clients to have that. And I keep it very realistic with my clients and very transparent because if I'm an approachable person, then my clients are going to perceive me and understand that they could approach me with whatever. Right. And it's important for them to know that it's not going to hurt your feelings. You're not going to take it personally. Absolutely not. In fact, we get way more work done, right, when they're able to bring their authenticity Mm -hmm. into the room and then we can work with that. A hundred percent. And when, you know, people come in, they're like, I'm sad. I'm so sorry. Or I'm mad. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, why are you apologizing? Because we're human beings. We're supposed to have a range of emotions. If you were only meant to be programmed with one emotion, you'd be a robot. Right. Very good. And I I see that all the time too with therapy clients. And honestly, clients who, or people who aren't even in therapy. I mean, so many times, especially women, right, in our society apologize just for having something to say. Oh, yes. Even like even just noticing the way we speak. Right. It's like, oh, can I please have a sorry? Why? What are we apologizing for? (laughs) Yeah, it's such a phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Um, What else would you want clients to know about empowerment or what it would be like to come into a therapy session when they're in eating disorder recovery and working with a therapist? I think what's most important is to understand that it doesn't matter where you're coming from. Right. At an outpatient level, yes, you need to be on a level of account self-accountability. You need to be able to take care of yourself to a point where you could check in with me and not be in danger. Right. Because then we would assess for a higher level of care and we're constantly assessing. And that's perfectly okay because, like we said earlier, you know, we're human beings with a wide range of emotion and experiences. But coming in and being realistic with yourself and giving yourself space and not thinking that this is an instant fix, right? We're going to work together to start wherever you are and work our way so that you are the best version of yourself in that moment for that time for whatever you need, right? Because we're constantly growing. We're not always going to need the same things. Yes, and I I want to second that with, you know, coming in, so clients, you know, I've seen many clients at the outpatient level who are able to truly just like tell on themselves and hold mm-hmm. themselves accountable and 
and say things, you know, like I, I threw my lunch away today and it was a struggle for me and I need to process that Mm -hmm. versus a client who threw their lunch away that day and is not able to talk about it, does not talk about it for weeks on end. And then all of a sudden, you know, because the body never lies, we take a weight or we see some drop in vitals and we know that they're not getting the nutrition they need. And it's, it's hard because the first patient who holds themselves accountable Mm -hmm. and is able to come to therapy and process it they're much more likely to feel empowered. Like, okay, I have a plan for what to do the next time I get this Mm -hmm. urge to restrict or an urge to binge or whatever it may be versus the client who doesn't say anything about it. And then it's weeks later and we end up having to send them back up to a higher level of care. So the way empowerment works in that setting, right, is with the client who's not able to tell themselves yet is meeting them where they're at. So saying to them like, okay, if you're not able to acknowledge this problem right now, or if you're not able to label this or be some sort of accountability, what are you able to? What portion of it, breaking it down into a much smaller realistic task and discussion Mm -hmm. is typically how I'm able to work with the client to be more empowered to come to their full truth. Right. So it could be something that's not even related to the exact issue. Mm -hmm. You know, the what are you able to do is, well, I can at least come to therapy every week. Right. Or I can tell you it's not going as well, so I might need two sessions this week instead of mm-hmm. one. And so then that alerts you in a, in a little bit of a way, like, okay, they're struggling, they're just not yeah. ready to talk about it yet. Yeah, or even just I've had situations where they don't want to acknowledge that they have PTSD, right, something like that, because it's just so associated with so much trauma and so much, you know, negativity, negative life experiences. So let's just real quick, not yeah. make any assumptions, PTSD is post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead. Sorry about that. Yes. (laughs) Um, So that they don't want that diagnosis, right? There's a big negative connotation with it being viewed as your diagnosis. So I asked them like, okay, what do you consider it? Right. And whatever they call it. So like, oh, just like that really black time in my life or that really dark time or, you know, oh, that was just my 20s. Right. So whenever I bring it up to work with them on that empowerment basis is like, Okay, so when you were in your 20s, right, how do we talk about that? How do we bring that up? So, like, this is not who you are anymore. So your authentic self versus that 20s. So really separating the two moments, the two identities, so that we could work from that level to be who you really are. Right, and who you want to keep being in the world as you go forward. Yeah, I mean, we all define ourselves. We don't need to be defined by, you know, the darkest moments in our lives or by a diagnosis. Right. You define yourself. Okay, and then, you know, to kind of piggyback off of what you just said, the the accountability piece is still there. So even though we're not calling it PTSD, right, right, we're saying that black time in your life or or Mm -hmm. during your 20s, But what you're doing is you're helping that client, right, feel comfortable, but not so comfortable that we're not going to go towards it. 100%. We're We're setting that standard, right? Yeah, we're still addressing it. We're still going, we're still going for it. Um, Basically, it's kind of like cognitive reframing. We're just reframing it for that client in that moment. Yes. So the client will eventually get to the point that they're like, you know what, my trauma is just the worst. And I'm like, oh, I thought it was called the 20s. (laughs) So doing it like that, they do get to that point where they're able to say and they're able to say whatever that label may be. Okay. Anything else you want to tell our eating disorder audience? Um, Just 
believe in yourself, believe in your capability, potential, something you have to work on. You're fully capable. You don't need to work for it. You got it in you. You just have to harness it. I just feel like I had a therapy session. <laughs> I feel so warm and fuzzy inside. Thank you, Gabriella. <laughs> well, there you have it. That's the Red Clinic Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for having me. Thank you.